0: Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story, they are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. She was born in Melbourne and moved to Perth when she was six. Uh, grew up in Perth, got to know the Lord Jesus, got married, um, worked in various uh, interesting jobs as a dental nurse, as a uh, nail technician, most as a teacher, as a pastor, uh, roles, important roles as a mom, as a wife, and most recently as a grandma. I had the privilege to work alongside with her and her husband in various ministries, initiatives, and just to share so many wonderful moments together. It is my privilege to bring you to Kingdom Stories from Down Under, Jan East. Janice East, we call her Jan East. She is Phil East's wife, and you've probably seen Phil East on a previous episode here at Kingdom Stories. Welcome, Jan. Thank
1: you, Nathaniel.
0: You don't mind me introducing you as Phil's wife, do you? Not at all, (laughs)
1: because that's who I am.
0: (laughs) You gave yourself to him.
1: Uh, Well, yes, I guess so.
0: How many years ago?
1: 35 years in next week.
0: Next week, 35 next week, He just 30 celebrated his birthday as well. Yes. And, and I'm
1: much older than him.
0: You are much older. Yeah. Three oh. years. <laughs> oh, we can't tell it. You know, my dad was almost four years is younger than my mom. And he passed away first. All oh, right. So...
1: <laughs> well, whatever yeah. happens, happens, Nathaniel. <laughs> yeah.
0: 35 years of marriage. 35 years. Good on you. Congratulations. Mm, that you. is yeah. beautiful. So thank if I don't mind. get to say it next week, uh, receive receiver now, please. Thank you. I will. I That's do. a beautiful legacy for mm. your children, isn't mm. it? Mm.
1: It is actually. I think it's important for the kids to see the, your the their parents persevering through difficult times, and that yeah. gives them a um, it gives them a reference point. And it also, I think, um, I think it keeps a safety net within the family.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When there's
1: a legacy of of a marriage. And staying together, yeah. I think it provides a legacy that your kids don't have to fight against in their in their well, marriages. Well, I think,
0: you know, you're probably like us, we never negotiate that. You know, it's not a, you don't even entertain that thought yeah. ever.
1: Somebody once said to me that marriage is like a room with no doors. Yeah. You just, you just work it out. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yes, and you do.
0: And I think, uh, you know, if we have the right attitude, mm-hmm. we will work out anything that comes our way. Absolutely. Were your parents also very committed to one another?
1: Yes they were. They were married for not maybe 57, 58 years and my father died uh, nine years ago and mum died two weeks later.
0: Oh, she just couldn't. Yeah, The pain was too, too yeah. much. Was she sick or she just...
1: She, when my dad became sick, it became obvious that mum had Alzheimer's. Yeah. And it was a bit of a rapid descent from there, I think.
0: And she yeah. probably just gave up. There was nothing to fight for.
1: Well, when he when he died, it was she... I think every time she wondered where he was and somebody had to tell her that he had died... It hurt every time. I think it every pierced. time it was just fresh grief. Fresh yeah. grief every time. It just time. pierced her every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, That's That's sad. I was very sad. Yeah. But when they both died, it, there was a rejoicing because they well, were both knew the Lord. Yeah. And I knew where they were.
0: Yeah.
1: I knew exactly so where they were. So they were people of
0: faith all their life.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh, not all their life, no. Mum was born again uh, when she was in her 40s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a very proud professional man and was horrified when she had went she a church service one night. Yeah. My mum stood up to go forward to be baptized and my dad tried to hold her back and, and she wriggled free and she went down and was baptized. That So night, this
0: was back in the times when they would baptize you on the spot. They had a baptiser in No, the...
1: they had a bapti- baptism service at the church that okay. night. So yeah. my dad was a churchgoer. Okay. But back in those days you kind of everybody went to church, but he was not never, born again. Never he was committed. not born again, no. no.
0: Yeah. And he almost held her back, but she carried on?
1: She she um, she wriggled free, which was, in retrospect, a very brave move for my mother because she was...
0: Did um, you inherit some of those uh, attributes? <laughs> How do you wiggle? <laughs> it was a bit
1: dormant in mum. But that night, my dad was very angry with my mother. Yes. He was very angry. And they both told me this story. And that night, he, um, they went home and he refused to talk to her. And they lay in bed, and she said to him, Aren't you going to give me a kiss? Good night. And my dad says that at that minute, he was lifted out of his bed, thrown to the floor, and the voice of Jesus said to him, What do you think you're doing to me? Oh. And he was converted on the spot and was never again. In that moment. Again. In that moment, yeah. She did get her kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so it was a very powerful conversion. How I
0: old found. were you when that happened? <laughs>
1: I would have been three or four, I think.
0: Okay. So your mum had you a bit later on in life, Well, late thirties, early 40s. Uh
1: Probably thirty-ish, thirty, because I'm the youngest of four.
0: Okay. So you have three older brothers. I have
1: three older brothers. I'm mm-hmm. the youngest of four, and then they married, oh, maybe late twenties they got married. Yeah. So, you know. Three.
0: So not really um, walking with the Lord at the time, none of them, or just... Occasionally going to church. We
1: all we always went to church.
0: Okay. Um, that's is it more a traditional church, like ca- an Anglican or no, Catholic?
1: Um Mum and dad both were part of the Methodist Church as okay. kids. Yep. Yeah. Because that's just that's that was the youth group. Yeah. That was their that was their community. What suburb
0: in Melbourne? I've lived in Melbourne. If you. Oh,
1: okay. No. I I grew up in Doncaster.
0: Doncaster. Okay. Oh. I went to Camberwell High, which is oh, okay. just south of Doncaster, about okay. ten k's probably. Yeah. So I was on that line. I lived in Richmond. Okay. And went to Camberwell High.
1: I don't really know the geography of Melbourne particularly well. Okay. But, um
0: Do you remember anything from Melbourne?
1: Yes, I do. I remember going to school there. Yeah. Um, I remember the apple orchards. Melbourne, um, Doncaster was still quite rural yes. when we lived there. Yes, a lot of there. Greeks. Yeah. There yeah. were a lot of apple Italians. orchards there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and there was an oval called Shram's Oval just near our house mm-hmm. and on Sunday afternoons a Scottish pipe band would, would um, march down to the oval, down to Shram's Oval and we would race out and listen to the, pipe. To the, the Scottish pipe band. Remember wow. going to school? Drums. Remember my dad's dental practice in Brunswick?
0: He was a dentist?
1: He was a dentist.
0: Okay, yeah. so that's why you eventually became a dental nurse.
1: My Two of my brothers are dentists. <laughs> I was a dental nurse. And the other brother got away. He's an architect. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: And what was your mum doing? Mum was a housewife. Okay. Well, she had to be with, yeah. with the doctor who was probably very committed to his profession. And very committed. Long hours. Very, very. And with four children, mm. what else could you do? And
1: also, it was the era where I think as soon as It was as the mum best got, era. Yeah, and when mum got married, the women, when the women got married, they left their jobs.
0: Yeah. And it, it wasn't that bad.
1: Well, I don't think... So, so, <laughs> I think the family benefited from that. sure. But I think women, individual, have as individuals, have certainly benefited by um, m- developing their lives. But I yeah, don't skills. know that it's the best for the family. In fact, yeah.
0: it I think there's many areas where you can develop, not necessarily in a professional career, but mm-hmm. you, there's so many things that you can do around, mm-hmm. you know, family, community.
1: Well, I did. I didn't start working until my younger son was eight.
0: Yeah, but and you were then, always involved in something.
1: And i i made a did, i made a commit a vow yeah that I was not going to get a permanent job until he had finished high school.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I would work. Yeah. But uh, as a relief teacher. Yes. But I made a commitment to myself and to God that I was not going to work until he finished high school. hmm Um, and then in his last term at high school, the principal that I was working for offered me a, a contract.
0: A Full time job. Yeah. Which was perfect. Yeah. So you honoured
1: that. I did, yeah. yeah. And God honoured it as well.
0: Well, you see, you've done what my wife is doing as well. Mm. She's pregnant, obviously, now with the fourth baby. Mm. And she does two mornings a week. And she's done that over the last seven, eight mm. years while we had mm. the children. Mm-hmm. So she kept her professional career going. It got her out of the house, mm-hmm. back into, you know, mm-hmm. a career sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh, environment mm-hmm. with professional people. So Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you get too sucked into the... House chores, uh, but she kept that professional development, and she also kept in touch with most of her colleagues from the hospital days. Mm. So every couple of months they go for go high tea mm. and they meet mm. for coffee, and it's just wonderful. Mm. She she managed to balance everything pretty pretty well. Mm. And I think that's what you've done as well.
1: I've tried to. Yeah. I, and with the time, kind of work I do when I'm working with children, mm-hmm. I did not want to come home after looking after everybody else's children and And not having enough time and emotional energy for my own yeah and i also realized that as they got older they didn't need me to do things for them necessarily but i needed to be emotionally available because boys are not going to come home from school and tell you that something terrible happened you have to, you've got to be discerning enough and emotional. you've got to mine it yeah, dig it yeah. out of and them. you've got to something's not right something's wrong what's yeah. what's going on Yeah, and you've got but if you're exhausted yourself
0: in fact it's the last thing you want to hear
1: absolutely because you don't want to
0: deal with it Yeah, be brave suck it up and carry on, carry on. tomorrow's <laughs> a new day mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I agree yep. so that's so why I did moved, what I
0: did you moved to Perth yes. uh, as a 6 year old because your family your dad changed his practice or
1: um <laughs> my mother's sister yeah. was a devout. Was a fairly had had a radical conversion as well. Sure. And my dad did not like the influence that his her sister was having on his wife. Okay. And I think that my dad <laughs> brought his. He came to Perth for a dental conference. Yes. Fell in love with it. Yeah. Contact, phoned my mum while he was here and said, get on a plane now and come and see this place. They both fell in love with Perth. Yes. And um, we followed... Soon. We followed soon after. Yeah. But I think there was an element of... I need to get my wife away from that <laughs> <her> sister.
0: <laughs> Did she ever become a radical Christian? Your my mum, no,
1: no. No. She was very devout. Okay. My mum wouldn't do anything on a Sunday. Yeah. She would always go to church. Um, we always thought she was a bit weird. <laughs> but now, in the light of my own salvation, I, I recognize that my mother was just very devout and put certain things as priorities, regardless of what the rest of family were doing.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and he opened his own practice. His he dad here.
1: Yes, um, dad had a dental practice for many years on Sterling Highway in Netherlands. Okay, and then we had this enormous house on Waratah Avenue in Dalkeith. Oh, and he moved his practice down to the as part of the house. And then when okay. my brothers graduated, they moved into practice with him. Yes, and then. Um, Several years later, a, a big shopping complex was built just down the road, mm-hmm. with a dental practice included, and they offered it to him. So he thought, "Well, if Might I don't well. move down there, somebody else will." Yeah. So he moved his practice down to the the uh, Dalkeith Village, on Warrot Avenue. And Wonderful. And stayed there until he retired.
0: So you grew up in Dalkeith, up in the, Dalkeith. one of the posh suburbs in Perth. Well,
1: yeah, I don't think we were very posh, but it,
0: <laughs> and where, what school did you go to?
1: I went to MLC.
0: Okay. Uh lady College? isn't it? Methodist
1: Ladies College. Okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, how was life there?
1: I, to be honest, Nathaniel, I didn't particularly like it there.
0: Because there were no boys? No, <laughs> not
1: at all. Not at all. I was a very... I was a very good girl. Yes. And um, wasn't very worldly at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my... my my take on it is that a lot of the girls that were at MLC were there for rehabilitation almost. Oh. Or <laughs> well, the girls that, that I the girls that I seemed to connect with were yeah. all pretty
0: punished to be there.
1: No, they were all a bit naughty. Oh,
0: okay. They
1: were all they they, was, they were just not Ghibli, like me.
0: Duplicate uh, lives.
1: Well, just right uh, like I said I was pretty naive and they yeah. uh, at a very young age these girls were all into boys and I uh, just it just was not me at all
0: yeah. and
1: I begged with my dad could I please leave so he I left MLC um, and went to Hollywood High School okay and then stayed there for a little while and then I left school at 15
0: oh and your dad allowed you to do that
1: My uh, amazingly my dad allowed me to and then um, because his back then his philosophy was whenever I would say to my dad, I don't know what I'm gonna do when I grow up, he would say, Oh, you're a girl, you'll get married and have a family and I thought, okay. Oh, well, okay.
0: Oh, so the the you know, the stress was on the kids, on the boys. Well, my the pressure.
1: Yeah, they or dad organized careers counselling for them and Everything and me—it was just you don't need to worry because you'll get married and have a family. Wow! And then fast forward when I, by the time I was 21, yeah, he said to me, "When are you going to get out of the idiot stage?"
0: <laughs> he said that. To so, me. what did you do between 15 and 21? I was a dental nurse. Okay, with him.
1: I was my dad's dental nurse, yeah. and then when my brothers um, graduated, I set up their practice. Yes. And um, I was pretty good at what I did, but. When I was when I had I had quite a powerful conversion experience as well. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, no. What happened was I had decided that I did want to do some some further study. Yes. And dental therapy seemed to be the natural progression from being a dental assistant. Yes. Yes. And I didn't have my year twelve qualification, so I was doing human biology and English at night school. Yes. To get. The qualification I needed... Like a bridging to, course. Yeah, to, do, to get into... Um, I think it was a... Uh, dental therapist. Yeah, to become a dental therapist. Yep. Halfway through that year at night school, I was doing it at night school, I picked up a book of my mother's that was called Under Sealed Orders, and it was a book of sermons by Peter Marshall. Okay. And he had been the chaplain to the presidents in the White House mm-hmm. back in the 50s. Yes, and this was a book of sermons that his wife, Catherine Marshall, compiled, and they were his sermons. Yes. So I picked up this book. It looked like an interesting spy book under yeah. sealed orders, you know. Yeah. Right up- I thought it was great. Anyway, I read it. Yes. And I read it three times. Mm-hmm. And I could feel this book coming into my spirit. Yes. I didn't know it was my spirit at the time. Sure. But I could feel this book coming in here, not into my head. And I read it three times. I just couldn't get enough. I read it three times, and on the third time through, bam! Wow! I get it. I get it. I get it. How old were you? Twenty, nearly twenty-one.
0: I was twenty. And was this in your room?
1: No, this was in the lunch room at work. Okay. I was. It was my on my lunch break. Yeah. And I remember getting up thinking, "Oh, I get it. I get it." Yeah. And I Instantly, I knew who God was. Okay. And at that point, I also felt God said, I said, here's my life, God, what do you want me to do with it? Yeah. And that was on March the 11th, mm-hmm. March the 20th, 1981. Yep. March the 20th, 1981. And then in June of that year, I started at Teachers College. Okay. The doors into Teachers College just So you, you just shifted, opened.
0: you'd never finished, uh, you never went into no, dental therapy? no.
1: I heard about a mature age entrance exam at Claremont Teachers College yeah. and when I went through school they didn't do any exams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought right if I'm going to be doing going to uni to do dental therapy I better go and sit an exam. Yeah. So I went and sat this mature age entrance exam at Claremont Teachers College which was just around the corner from where I live. Yes. There were 200 people sitting this mature age entrance. They said we will phone 50 of you. Yeah. Um for an interview, and we've got places for 25.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they rang me for an interview, and I said, look, I'm not interested, I want to do dental therapy. And they pleaded with me, would you please come in? So I thought, oh, all right. So I went in and did the interview, and then a couple of weeks later, they offered me a position on the course. Perfect. And I thought, oh, you know what, Might well. that will do. We'll then can start now. <laughs> that
0: was a three-year course or a two-year yeah, course? Yeah, a three-year diploma. Three-year diploma.
1: Yeah, and then I did the upgrade to a bachelor degree. Just a few years ago.
0: When did you meet Phil? While you were doing I that? Met, no, after? I met
1: Phil at the Potter's House. Oh. So I—that I, was that was a very profound, powerful conversion experience. Yes. And I was going to Per Central Baptist, mm-hmm. and a man by the name of Neil. You know, I can't remember his name, but he had a radio ministry. Yes. And my parents loved him, so mm-hmm. they. They went to his service. I just used to go to church with mum and dad. Mm-hmm. But when, once I was converted, uh, it wasn't You enough were looking, for me. Yeah. started looking for places. I went to Teachers College, Yeah. met some Christians. I had no idea, even though I'd go, gone to church all my life, I had no idea how God and Jesus and heaven, and I had no idea how it all fitted together. Yes. And I met a young guy at Teachers College who ran the ISCF. He took me under his wing. He followed me up, yeah. took me to his church. Yeah. But then I met a couple of other Christians at Teachers College. And one of them was best friends with Ned Davies, who I believe oh. you've all also had on.
0: Yes, this. we had him on Kingdom Stories, yes.
1: Um, well, Ian, Ian was at Teachers College. Yes. And he and his friend Ned came to my house one night for an ISCF barbecue. Yeah. And there was just something about their lives. Wow. They were just so full of god yeah and i visited their church which was the potter's house and the preaching at that church was just phenomenal phenomenal yeah absolutely phenomenal and so we were there i met phil there and we were in that organization for about 20 years
0: and you got baptized
1: i got water baptized
0: yeah yep did you have the renewal of the spirit as well i did there with them or later no, on? No,
1: that was actually before because oh. this fellow that I the first yeah. met took me to another church called New Day Ministries okay. and I was baptised in the Holy Spirit there. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: So you met Phil. I met Phil. And how, how did it happen? Uh, how
1: did well, ro- I'd, known, romance? I'd known who Phil was um, and then... At the Potter's House, we went on impact teams. We mm-hmm. would, they'd say, because they were right into church planting. Yeah. And so on weekends, um, you could sign up to go to one of the church plants yes. just to help them on the streets and be there for the outreach that yeah. night. And I had decided that I would go to the one to Kalgoorlie. I was usually was working on a Saturday, yes. but I had a Saturday off and I signed up for the Kalgoorlie outreach I thought that would be fun and apparently Phil saw that I'd signed up for the Kalgoorlie outreach so he so signed, as signed well. up as well and we sat next to each other on the the eight hour trip there and just
0: on the bus or on a mini bus on the,
1: yeah on it was about a nine seat or something like yeah. that yeah yeah we just we just clicked and I thought to myself oh you're all right
0: yeah
1: um, and what I loved about Phil when he was Trust. I knew that I could trust him with my life. Yeah. I knew that he was trustworthy. Mhm. And I loved the way that he was. Um, I loved his leadership on this team. Yeah. It turns out that he wasn't actually the leader of the team. <laughs> <laughs> he was just being bossy. <laughs> but I admired he. I admired his enthusiasm, his love for God. Um, he just seemed like a so stable, solid, trustworthy guy. So I thought I'll allow him to take me out. You know. Okay. And we did. And, and so we dated for six months, engaged yeah. for three, married for 35.
0: Did he ask you to marry him or you asked him to marry him? No,
1: he definitely proposed to me.
0: <laughs> and did he get you a ring? Was it still oh, rings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No,
1: we went... Look, well, we got engaged on... He proposed on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. and on New Year's morning. Yes. He took picked me up, took me out for breakfast and we went window shopping for rings. Oh, wonderful. Then. So, yeah.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. And then uh, you you had children here or you moved to Canberra?
1: No. Well, that we got married in 1986. In yes. 1987, um, we were planted from the Potters House to start a church in Canberra. Yes. And we were there for another, for 20 years. And Loved it. Pastors we, and We uh, pastored the church there for 12 years. And then after 12 years, we realised that the organisation was heading in a different direction to, to where we wanted to go. So we resigned from... From there, yeah. but we felt that God had called us to Canberra. Sure. And so we stayed in Canberra until we felt God call us back. And so, all your
0: kids were born in Canberra? yeah.
1: The three kids were all born in Canberra. Went Amanda went all through school. And in Canberra. did you work
0: in the public sector on and off? Um, well, that's where
1: I worked for. Well, I didn't. Um, I had kind of forgotten that I had a teaching qualification. <laughs> Because I'd never used it. So when, wrapped
0: up, uh, wrapped up in pastoral work and family life. Well,
1: I when I, once I graduated, I kind of thought, oh, they've not taught me what to do. I'm, not, I'm just went back to yeah. dental nursing. Yeah. And then when I was in when the when we resigned from the church, I needed to get a job. Yes. And I was going to go back to dental nursing because that's what I that's what I did, and I had a pretty well had a a job um, secured. Yes. And then I thought to myself, what am I going to do about the school holidays? I'm not putting my kids in holiday programs. Yeah. They're, you know, the holidays were crucial for them to spend time together. Yeah, you know? and go
0: somewhere and camp and yeah. ski. And...
1: and I, so I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. And then one of my son's teachers said to me, aren't "You don't you have a teaching qualification? And I said, yes. And she said, do relief teaching. And I said, no. Can't do that, couldn't do that. She goes, Yes, you could. No, I couldn't. Yes, you could. No, I couldn't. Anyway, I filled out the application form. Yeah. This is now 16 years after I graduated, and I have no experience.
0: <laughs> and they call you
1: so I filled out the application form. And I got a phone call, and they said, Come on down for an interview. and The guy looked at my application and he was like, Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's something missing yeah. here. And I said, Listen. You know, if you don't, I said, oh, this is a, just a real long shot. And if you think I'm being ridiculous, then you just tell me. He goes, well, look, you've got the qualification.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's have a chat and, yeah. and see. see where it goes. So we chatted for a while. And then he said to me, so do you have any questions? And I said, well, if I was successful, and he said, which you are, and put a big tip. Oh, I mean, that's, that's and what it. was the question? Oh, I can't remember now. doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember. So So you did relief work. So I did relief, but it was, was, like I said, it was nearly 17 years by that age since I had graduated. So I really had no idea.
0: So what brought you back to Perth?
1: Okay. What brought us back to Perth was once we left the Potter's House. Yeah. Phil got a full-time job in the public service. Yes. And for seven years, he did no ministry at all. And then detox. Yeah, <laughs> and just focusing on on getting to know God again. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: And not not doing things for God, sure. but just
0: absorbing. Yes, being. just
1: just being. Yeah. Just being sons and daughters, and not yeah. servants all the time. Yeah. Just being, and and after seven years, he thought, right. The next outreach that this church that we were going to is going on, I'm going. And they were actually heading off to Russia. Yes. Right, I'm going to Russia. Then a couple of weeks later, the pastor said to Phil, you know what, Phil, you're welcome to come to Russia with me, Mm -hmm. but there are some other guys going to Indonesia. Yes. That, you know, there might be more opportunity for ongoing ministry. So Phil thought, all right, then I'll go to Indonesia. So he went with this team to Indonesia just as a third wheel, really. Yeah but had some opportunities to minister there and they loved what he had to say. So they said, will you come back? Yes. And so the door for his ministry into Indonesia opened and he kept doing that, I suppose, from Canberra Yes. for two or three years. But then after a while realised that this is the future direction that God was pointing him in. Yes. It was a whole lot easier to get to Indonesia from Perth than it was from Canberra. Bali, three and a half
0: hours. So Eight then, hours from...
1: <laughs> well, you had to fly to Sydney, yeah. wait for a transfer, and then an eight-hour flight from Sydney, Sydney whereas Jakarta. Yeah. two hours, three yeah. hours from here.
0: Fantastic.
1: So I had to bid my beautiful Canberra and my beautiful friends farewell, which was agonising. Mm. But um, I just did. You just also did had family it. here. Yeah, my mum and my dad and uh, my brothers, brothers were here. Yeah,
0: so it wasn't like you were coming...
1: We were coming home. Yeah. You
0: were coming home in a way. Mm-hmm. And, um, just fast forward a little bit to, you, you did go to Indonesia yourself and spend a few yes. months. <laughs> Kanan. I have been there. You probably I know. I yes, And I've I know. seen, you know, there's a street after your, I after your name, Jan Street.
1: Mrs. It's Lorong, Mrs. Jan East. Which Mrs. Jan East. <laughs> is,
0: yeah. And, and Jalan, Mrs. Jan East.
1: Yeah. That's it. Um, and we were crowned the king and queen of the community there. Of Kapekana? The no, I didn't know. No, they crowned us king and queen of their community. Wow. Mm.
0: That's a very powerful honour. It honor. was,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: And you spent quite a few weeks there. Oh, on and off.
1: More than, no, we were there. We lived in Indonesia for two years. Okay. Frequent trips home. Yeah. yeah. But um, I said to I did not want to go. I really did not want to go at all. I was dragged, kicking and screaming, <laughs> to be quite frank. And I said, "Well, I'm not going to straight to some outpost somewhere. If you want to live in Indonesia, I want to spend 6 months in Bali." Yeah. Because I was used to going to Bali for a holiday. Sure. And I thought if the heat gets too much, I can just be on a flight. I can be on a plane and be home that night if yeah. if worse comes to you worst. You don't like the heat. Oh, I just, I just love my family. No, I, I like Bali, but I loved my life here, and I knew that Phil, Phil gave up his job, and I knew that it was a massive change in our life.
0: Of course.
1: And I wasn't really ready for it. Mm. <clears throat> but um, I was the good wife, and I did, I did the, did the wife thing. And you spent? We spent uh, six months in Bali. And yep. then Jeff Hammond, who you know, yes. and is also a, um, a friend of Phil's, yes, of course. said there was an opportunity up in northern Sulawesi at this little um, refugee Community. village, basically, and I could teach English and Phil could just minister to the people. And I looked on the map to see where it was, and I thought, oh, my goodness, it really is the ends of the earth.
0: <laughs> South Philippines. <laughs> it is
1: the ends of the earth.
0: Yeah.
1: But we went there. We went there just... To, to sort of feel the water.
0: Yeah, literally feel the water <laughs> every when, morning.
1: But when we went there for two weeks, it was when Jeff Hammond was running one of his mission schools.
0: So it was fun, a lot it of was activity. Fun. There was a
1: generator yeah. and there was somebody to cook the food yeah. and, you know, there was an air conditioning every night and there was power and...
0: The toilets and, oh, were working. This, is, this yeah.
1: is great. I'll come back here. Let's come back for a year.
0: Yeah.
1: But then when we got back... There was no big generator running. There was yeah. no power at all.
0: And no staff to cook.
1: No one to cook anything. We yeah. were just on our own in this dark. There, nothing. In the jungle. In the, the middle Pretty of the much. jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. No. No electricity. No fans. No aircon. No lights. Even though it
0: was paradise per yeah, se. Yeah. More beautiful location. But conditions. Yeah.
1: Uh, ah yeah, So we we did it really. And I'm I'm one of these people that <clears throat> mosquito mosquitoes just. Don't Love me, and I and was covered in the rats, rats all the time. And rats in the room. I've heard the rats. Oh at night. yes, of course. Rats. You know, I'd go and hit the rats over the head in the every morning. They'd yeah. get stuck in the glue traps. Yeah. I'd go and hit them over the head every morning. And so they'd we'd clean get them to up. My cup of tea. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it was a very. It was very tough.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, it was what I would refer to as the best of times and the worst of times. It yeah. was an honour to be there.
0: And you obviously you were together, and you. Must have gelled a lot you know through all you know with Phil. there was a lot of lag time, a lot of idle time where you could just chat and do stuff. So.
1: And actually Nathaniel put a lot of pressure on our marriage. He did it put a lot of pressure on
0: everything came out. <laughs>
1: uh, well it was difficult for him and it was difficult for me.
0: It was difficult physically obviously physically, the environment. mentally
1: and emotionally yeah. Yeah. and Phil's there's no reprieve. Phil's coping mechanism is to just hunker down and and get the job done.
0: okay. My coping, He's a mechan- man.
1: yeah. My coping mechanism is help, 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 and there was no one there to help me because yeah. he was in his um, survival mode, yeah. and it, it put an awful lot of pressure yeah. on us. And um, but again, there's nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. So I just we just had to see it s- out. See it out, and that's why I did make frequent trips home.
0: Mm. <coughs> it's but quite a hike uh, from Manado. Oh, a long back time. To two hours. Two hour. Two hours. Two hour through a very oh, yeah. windy road. Windy road. And then you've got the you know the flights. The flights were not direct. You couldn't get direct flights. You have to you had to go via through. Bali,
1: we would go via Bali. Yeah.
0: Was there a direct flight from Bali to Manado?
1: Yes, there was for a while.
0: When we went there, no, had it's to
1: go it. To it's um intermittent if yeah. they you know, i don't know what determines their holidays maybe or i don't know but seasons. most of the time we were there
0: so you would only come to bali or you would come all the way to perth i would come home you would come home mm-hmm. yeah now um another massive um commitment was to a trek in nepal
1: <laughs> one trek in nepal
0: how many times five treks five? to five five treks in nepal yeah and you did the Annapurna, which was the most challenging of them all.
1: I've done the Annapurna circuit, and I've done the Annapurna base camp. Okay. I've done Gosankunda Yes. I've done, I can't remember the names of all the others, but wow. I've done a lot of trekking in Nepal. Five treks. Oh, really phenomenal. good to get the weight down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, never I, I better think than after I've I dropped about seven kilos <laughs> in
0: 12 days, I think.
1: And, you know, I again, I did not want to do that.
0: But you didn't? I
1: know, no. no, no, no. Well, the first one, our son went to Nepal. Yes, <clears throat> he came back and said, "Mum and Dad, you would love it."
0: He uh, did the Everest base camp.
1: Uh, no, he he just did. Um,
0: Amanda did. He, Everest he, base.
1: Uh, Amanda did Everest base camp. Terry just did a very small day trip because he okay. just with his time. But he said, "Mum and Dad, you would love it. You have got to so go." So
0: Phil hadn't had done it either. <clears throat> no. Okay, so you went together for the first time. Yeah.
1: Well, he was turning 50. Yep. He said, Right, I'm going to go for my 50th. And he said, We're going. And I said, I'm not going. He goes, Yeah, 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 we'll go together. I said, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm, ne- I'm not much of an exerciser. And he goes, No, no, we'll go, we'll go. And I said, I don't want to go. No, oh, no, no, we'll go, we'll go. And then he went and bought the tickets. And I thought, Well, this isn't good going man. to go away. This is not going to go away. So I just.
0: Being a good wife. I, again.
1: Yeah, again. Well, I thought he's <laughs> bought the tickets. So I just went to the beach. And I started off walking in the soft sand five minutes that way, five minutes one way, and five minutes back. And then the next week, ten, ten minutes. minutes that way, yeah. ten minutes back. And on the here in Perth, the only way to really prepare strengthen yourself is going in the soft sand.
0: Sand or rocks or yeah. steps.
1: Well, for, for convenience' sake, I just made it. I went to Mullaloo Beach. Yeah. Until I was Paradise. walking an hour this way and then an hour that way and... In the sand, in the soft in sand. In the soft sand. That's a good work, yeah. And then we, we had our first day and we climbed about a thousand metres, well, you know, a, yep. gained a thousand metres and at the end of the day, I nobody was more surprised than I was. than I I did. So you managed. Yeah. And it's a bit like having a baby, you know? No. You do? I'll tell you. <laughs> <coughs> you vow in the midst of it that you will never, ever, ever do this again. Yeah. I will never do this again. Yeah. And then when it's all over, you think, oh, what a sense of achievement that was. Yeah, let's go and do it again. Yeah. And then you do it again, and you think, oh, I will never do this again. And yeah. then five times later.
0: What I found the most difficult out there was sleeping at over 4,000. Mm-hmm. You know, you just... Uh, you don't. I mean, the conditions were so awful. It's mm-hmm. not just the fact that you couldn't rest <clears throat> and couldn't breathe. And, you know, I feel with the people with COVID-19 because I know mm. what it means to lie down and mm. not be able to take in oxygen. Mm. But just the conditions were so awful where we stayed. Mm. I mean, we were we were sleeping in these cabins, like one next to each other, mm. like 10, 15 mm. people, mm. basically. No private space whatsoever. Mm. Everybody's sick. You know, they're running outside, vomiting. Mm you know, spewing, having number ones, number twos, number threes, whatever it was, coughing, mm. nobody's asleep, everybody's <clears throat> waiting for the morning, and you are on your 11th or 12th day by now, so you're tired as, mm. in, in, in some sense, you just want to get your backpack and run, start mm-hmm. walking, mm. but you know there's a 12-hour day waiting for you, mm. which oh, is I know. the past.
1: Well, the most challenging trek we did was the Annapurna Circuit.
0: Yeah, because so many steps.
1: Well, that was about... I think we did about 17 days. That was 17 days. Yeah. And on about day 9, day 10, you uh, ascend up to 5,500 metres. Yeah. And there's 50% less oxygen at 5,500 metres.
0: You just drag your feet, basically.
1: And people on that day, that that sort of that ascent day, people would... The people that while I was walking past would take a step and then have to sit down. Yeah. Then I've stand seen up it. and take another step, or go over on a yak.
0: Yeah. Or there. Oh, there were yaks there. Yeah,
1: yeah, there were yaks. We they had, had nothing in
0: Manasla. Yeah. You know, it was quite wild.
1: And you know, again, because I w- I'm slow, I had taken it so slowly to get there. I had actually conditioned.
0: Yeah, toughened I, I,
1: I, I was acclimatized. Yeah. And I went over the, I went over the pass carrying my own pack. Yeah, it was hard work. It was freezing cold.
0: Yeah, you just pace it. What I've done is I didn't. Uh, I mean, the boys pushed in the morning, and I felt that I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So I was maybe about eight hundred meters behind them. Mm-hmm. But I paced it, just mm-hmm. gently paced it, paced it, paced it all the way. Absolutely. But it does get. It plays on your mind. It plays with your head. Mm-hmm. You're not yourself up there. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Well, the last trick that we did was to Gosan Mm-hmm. And I probably wasn't as fit for that last trip yeah. as I had been previously. Yes. And.
0: Was that the, the last trip? Yeah, that, and that we was also three, realize, three years ago. We don't realize that as we age, it takes us longer to recover. We don't give ourselves breaks. No. Maybe we should have a day. A well, we did break. do
1: that. But I just knew that I, wasn't, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't spent as much time Preparing. in fitness. Mm-hmm. And I was paying the price for it. And I was just constantly crying out to God, "You've got to help me! You have got to help me!" And then no point trying
0: to feel. He just was well, one on K on K ahead. The, on
1: the first, we the, the taxi dropped us off, yeah. and then it was an instant, you know, Step really steep climb. And we we walked for a couple of kilometres. Str- <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And we stopped for our first break, and I said to Phil, "I am finding this really hard," and he said what exactly is it what part of it is it actually that you're finding difficult (laughs)
0: steps
1: (laughs) putting one foot in front of the other but anyway i on this it was about the fifth or sixth day and we were getting to um the pass yes and i i said god i've been asking you to help me and i feel like you're not Mm. i'm doing this all on my own i need you to help me what's the story And I did not know, we had a thousand metres to to go up. That day? That day. And I just, I did did not know how I was going to do it. Because I put my pack on, and the guide was worried about me, so he was just behind me. And I was struggling to just put one foot in front of the other, and I started to sing, They That Wait Upon The Lord, out loud. I started speaking it out loud. And it was amazing. As I began to declare that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Yeah. I was carried, mm. and I was too afraid to stop singing. I must have sung that song for about two hours. And it was amazing. It was remarkable because I was carried, I was tr- I was carried up.
0: What a beautiful moment.
1: Yeah, it was a powerful And when we got there... It was one of the most magnificent views I've ever seen. Mm. And I sat on a rock and I just lifted my hands and just worshipped God. It was yeah. it was a...
0: So you would have never had that experience no, had not. you not gone with him.
1: Well, and, and I just saw God meet yeah. me at, at my point of absolute... There was nowhere else to go. I had to climb up a thousand metres. Yeah. There was nowhere else to go.
0: Yeah. And no and, one can do it for you.
1: No, I... Yeah, you've got to... And he... Just picked me up. It was, it was like the footprints thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. He literally carried me up. It was remarkable. And I preached a sermon on it when I got back. Beautiful. Yeah, it was a very powerful experience. Mm. Mm.
0: Stories from the mountains. Mm. It is powerful. I believe everyone mm-hmm. should, if they have the physical ability, should should go in the mountains mm. at least once in their lifetime. It was life-changing for me. M- me too. Um, me too. You realize how small you are? Mm-hmm. You know it's like you're in an ocean mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if you've ever you know swam in an ocean with no one or nothing around you you feel mm-hmm. so small mm-hmm. minuscule mm-hmm. and even in the mountains you, you know you have absolutely no control mm-hmm. of the environment mm-hmm. you know you're so mm-hmm. tiny mm-hmm. yet it is so glorious so mm-hmm. magnificent mm-hmm. And, i mean the views oh. the surrounding the spectacular you know it's like how can you not see God in this? Mm, absolutely. There's no human being that could ever create or manage. It's spectacular. This, mm. I mean, some of the photos don't do justice no. of of, no. of what you feel up, up there. And what also surprised me is that you can only enjoy it for a moment. And the weather changes. You've got to, <laughs> you know, you got to keep moving. Yeah. Life it teaches you, you know. In life, you just got to keep moving, mm. even though it's difficult. Mm and you learn so much about yourself Mm. about your emotions Mm -hmm. about your mindsets Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it just grows you grow immensely Mm. you overcome yourself
1: absolutely
0: i mean what you push through it's not just physical it's mental Mm -hmm. and Mm. you just come out so much stronger out of Mm. that experience
1: it it probably was the most life-changing experience of my life Mm. because when phil first flagged the idea i said i couldn't do it I wouldn't yeah. be able to do that. And that was the story of my life, Nathaniel. Mm. I had this, this like a monkey on my yeah. shoulder saying, you can't do that, you're not good enough. In everything, everything mm. for me was always a struggle. Always felt that I'm not good enough. Mm. In anything I Anything I set out to do, there was this, you yeah, can't do that. I think it was my dad, you know, bless him, but it never really encouraged to to yeah. to. to to sort of persevere in things, but I say that somewhere between sea level and four thousand meters, that monkey ran out of oxygen, <laughs> and I've never heard him since. Yeah, I it it gave me if I I knew then that I could do because I could do that I yeah. could do anything I can do anything.
0: Yeah, it does give you a great, mm. Uh, mm. you know, a resilience ability mm. that you haven't had before mm. because you break out of your. Whatever shell, protection shell you have, mm. you, you just can't stay in that anymore. No, no. You know? It stretches you, which it is wonderful. Does. It wonderful. absolutely
1: does. It absolutely does. It um, exposes you.
0: Yeah. It exposes you to yourself. Mm. You have to deal with yourself. Mm. You have to deal with the issues that are within. Mm. And mm. it's healthy.
1: Oh, it... it we, well, we've got a... We were supposed to go last February, but...
0: Yeah, COVID. of course. We were supposed to go last uh, April. Yeah. Uh, we we actually had the flights and everything. Yeah, well, we got
1: two return. We've got return tickets to Kathmandu, yeah. paid yeah. for, sitting on hold. So, uh,
0: but uh, we still treasure what we had, and mm. uh, obviously Phil w- was with us, mm-hmm. and uh, he often would refer at previous trips that he's had with you. He spoke fondly of you. He was very proud of <laughs> your achievement. Mm. He was actually more proud of you than of yourself. Yeah,
1: I think you might be right.
0: And I think, uh, you know, to do five tricks Mm. in Nepal, Mm. it's very rare, Mm. Jan, Mm. you know. And you are who you are today because Mm. of that as well, Mm. and the foundation that you had obviously Mm. with Christ and Mm -hmm. the belief and, as you said, these powerful encounters along Mm. the path. Mm. Um, How are you inspiring your children and grandchildren now? With, well, with that hindsight, with, with the, all the experience that you've accumulated over the years?
1: Well, I'm, I turned 60 last year, I'm 61 next month.
0: Happy birthday. Thank you. So <laughs> these all three are very close. So it's Phil's birthday, anniversary, and then your birthday, yeah. all within three months. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Not okay. even three months really, just in… <laughs> Eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, And I last year when I started relief teaching, I was turning sixty, and I just started to think, I don't know if anybody's going to want to employ me at sixty. And I started to feel very insecure for the first time ever. I've always just done relief teaching because it just fitted in with all the other things that I was doing with my life. And I started. It's a
0: one day. It goes just arrive at eight,
1: leave at three.
0: You do whatever is prepared for. You don't have to think too much about it. Very easy. Very
1: easy. <clears throat> and I started to feel very uncertain about my employment future. Mm. And I said to one of my deputy principal friends, I said, what do I need to do to get some just slightly longer hours? Hours, You know, just a, maybe a week here or a contract, you know. Yeah. And she said, leave it with me. Get in the pool. Well, I didn't know. I, I, never, I never went in the pool. Oh. I, they just said, could you do, um, I've been covid Hit. Hit yes, and one of the pregnant teachers—they were sending her home early. Could I finish off the four week, the four weeks of the term on her classroom? So four Perfect. weeks, lovely, absolutely. But then after a week, there were three or four children turning up. So the principal rang me and he said, "Jan, I'm sorry, it's not working." I said, "I completely understand." Well, during COVID, I thought, oh, "Will schools ever open ever again?" I really yeah. had no idea what was going to happen. But at the beginning of the next term, the principal rang me and he said, would you do a long service leave term? Wonderful. okay. Then at the end of that, he said, look, we need to take the year six teacher up and bring him into admin. We're short staff in admin and year six needs a a teacher for... No, just for two weeks. Could you do the year six for two weeks? Sure. Well, then that just ended in... That sort of um, went on to be the rest of the year, so that was... Uh, two uh, two terms. Yes. And then that same teacher that I filled in for there on year 6 there is now in year 4. He's still up in admin, so could I do the first term in year 4? <laughs> yes. And now it's could you do second term as well? Yeah. So for the first time in my life, yeah. I now have a full-time teaching position. At <laughs> at, 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 at I've never I've never had my own class. Yeah. And so the learning curve has been immense. Yes. And again, yeah. I've got a picture of myself at 5,500 metres in my classroom. Beautiful. Because when I feel like it's, this too is much. too much. this you is just look it. I just think, you know, I can do it. Yeah. It's difficult. Um, teachers work so hard.
0: And uh, the amount of work is the so... Am- the amount just,
1: of work is is immense.
0: I know. I have a huge respect for you. Absolutely
1: immense. And which is why I have run from it. Yeah. Because I've never really wanted to have to work that yeah. hard. I'm working harder now at it's, 60 it's than I've It's a 10, 12 hour one. day. Oh, I get to school at 7.30 and yeah. I leave at 5.30. Yeah.
0: And you take some home.
1: Uh, I try not to take it home, but I'm there on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there this afternoon. I was at school for four hours. That's public holiday, did it? Well, it's just school holidays, yeah. but I'll be there most afternoons yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. It's teachers work so hard.
0: Mm. How um, how has everything, all of this, helped you with your own children and now with your grandkids?
1: Um, I'm having to pay a pro- the price a little bit because. I don't see little Grace as much as I would like to.
0: She's almost two, isn't She's she? She's nearly two. Yeah.
1: But I think my kids seeing me just not not putting the plough down because yeah. I've turned 60, I think that's... Inspirational. I'm, I'm continuing to take on more challenges now than I've ever taken in my life, and I don't know what they think about that, but I hope that it's... And inspiration that you know you just keep going.
0: And your children—they're all saved, obviously. Yeah, my kids they, are. They in the Lord. Are, active. Yeah. In their faith.
1: Absolutely, they all go to completely different churches. Yeah. My my oldest son is at a High Anglican church. Okay. My youngest son is at a Pentecostal charismatic, uh, charismatic church. And Amanda? And my daughter Amanda is at a um, evangelical church.
0: And it all works out well. They all love and you, God. you guys. Are you you both going to the same church at the moment? Phil and I? Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. we are. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, as we wrap this up, Jen, I mean, I love, I love, we could sit here and chat for hours. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to, to chat about. But um, I'm curious as to the legacy that you want to leave. Uh, as, you know, what do you want to be known by? Um, both in the family in the community you know you, so many people know you you've influenced mm-hmm. a lot of people here mm-hmm. especially obviously your family first mm-hmm. but Absolutely. not only your family the extended church family mm-hmm. and everybody else that has known you mm-hmm. but what's what's something on your heart between now and then that you really want to build you want to leave something uh, mm-hmm. to to the generations that follow mm-hmm. You know, the end is not near. Mm-hmm. I don't think the world finishes with COVID. I think there's going to no, be a absolutely. lot of COVIDs from now on. Yeah, I
1: agree. Um, my daily prayer yeah. is that I would carry the presence of God with me.
0: Carry the presence of I God. I
1: want to carry the presence of God. I want to have the anointing of God on me, Yeah. whether I'm at the supermarket, whether I'm in front of the kids at school, whether I'm talking to staff members at yeah. school. I want to carry the presence of God. Yeah. And that's what I, my principal mm. said to me at the end of last year. He said, "Jan, your humanity shines out of you like a um like a beacon."
0: And it's not a Christian school. No. Yeah.
1: And I thought to myself, "You don't know what you've just said and you don't know what it is that you're seeing."
0: You know, I say to people to be Christian is to be fully human, yeah. and they don't get
1: it. No. Well, this guy I can only hope and pray that it's the pres- it's the presence of God yeah. that he sees and he doesn't know that's what it is. Yeah. But there's something that he sees yeah. that he values and that is my pr- that is my daily prayer that I walk in that I walk in the anointing of God and I carry his presence.
0: Amen for that. Yeah. Amen
1: to that. That's the most uh that's like that's if I if I have that you can do it if you have that that's you can do anything. That's a beautiful mantra
0: to, to live by.
1: Yeah, if you can if you have that, yeah, you can do anything.
0: Yeah, you transform every place. Absolutely,
1: everywhere you go yeah. is transformed.
0: Which is beautiful.
1: Yeah, and that's what I want. My kids are my life. I call my kids my life's work. Yeah. So as far as leaving something behind, yeah, they're my they're my life's work. Mm. And I would sacrifice my career again a million times over to raise my kids the best that I can. Wonderful. Amazing people.
0: Well, for me, it's a joy to have known you, Phil, for mm. so many years, and also to have ministered closely <clears throat> back at Churchlands and also <clears throat> up at Capet Canaan. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's beautiful. I love the journey, and I'm actually excited uh, to see the future, mm. both Thank for you and Thank Phil you. and your children and grandchildren, because it is, you know, I see you know, across the generations how God works and it's beautiful to see that
1: thank you for having me
0: so thank you everyone for joining us carrying the presence of god what an amazing testimony what a beautiful legacy jan wants to leave us well i hope you take that on as well and you become aware that you carry the presence of god your host the godhead the father the son and the holy spirit with you in you all the time and you are carrying them everywhere so you can carry that presence and transform every place that you walk into every conversation, every encounter that you have with anybody. What a powerful testimony. Well, I really pray that this blesses you. And if it does, do share it with other people. There are a lot of people out there, especially your friends, family, extended family, who would benefit from hearing these stories. So do distribute, share them uh, around, spread the good word. Give us some feedback, write some comments, and also give us five stars on Apple Podcasts just so we can get rated a bit higher, so we can promote this ministry. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait to see you next time at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.